I'm not doing all of this because of money. Like I truly loved to do events. And when people would walk into an event, they would experience something that they had never experienced around any event because I base everything around psychology and the makeup of the couple or the brand that we're working with. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I am super excited to have my next guest on the show, Angela Prophet. She is the mastermind and empire builder behind Get Shit Done, a whole productivity world in and unto itself. And I can't wait to dive into her business and her slant on productivity and understand how she has approached it because so many women they lack focus. They, they want focus. They want to know how to be more productive. They want to know what's throwing them off their game. And I know that you have a ton to give on that. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yes. It's going to be good. Okay. So let's start with your download of what your business is and, and your business story. I always like to find out what someone's business story is. Where did they come from? Where, where did they, where are they now? What, what did that journey look like? Yeah. And it's been a journey for sure. Like a complete roller coaster ride because I did not start out as a businesswoman and an entrepreneur that got shit done. That's just not how I started out. So let's, let's just get that out there. It's, it's been in the making for a long time, but I will share some of the stories that have gotten me to where I am today. I started off where I had a normal childhood, had a mom that stayed at home with us who was very focused on kids and raising three kids. I was a competitive gymnast, which I think really helped me instill setting goals as an adult even and making sure that even if I didn't win all the time, which now I see it as I'm not for every client, <laughs> then it's okay. But I went to school, I started off going to college to be a nurse because I loved people, I love to help people. But I really didn't understand what that meant in the medical world until I started doing my clinical rotations. And I quickly learned that I did not like instilling pain on people. Like I went to give my first shot to a lady. I'm like, I cannot do this. And so I changed my major about two years into it and got a, a, a degree in psychology. And so I was able to go in and work in mental health, which studying it in a book and then actually going and working in a mental health facility is two separate things. And that lasted for about a year. And I lived in Florida at the time at the beach. I thought it was going to be so amazing. I had sand in my bed. I ended up like hating it. And then so I moved back home, which is Nashville, Tennessee, home for me where my family's at. And my parents were like, what are you going to do? Like we paid for you to go to school and you can't just like teach gymnastics forever. And I'm like, no, I work at the gym forever. That's not what I ended up doing. I ended up getting a job at the local hospital at the AIDS clinic as a therapist. I also worked at the morgue. I had a relationship with a lady. We did gymnastics together. I didn't even know it was with dead people. Okay. So I did a lot of different things in healthcare for about 10 years. And I also was a, a recruiter. But the whole time that I was building a career in corporate America on the administrative side in healthcare, I also accidentally started a business because my family had a venue for 35 years on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And when my parents, friends, kids started to get married, like my parents are very involved in the Catholic diocese, they kept asking my parents, hey, can your girls, me and my sister, decorate our wedding? Can they plan our wedding? And so for fun on the weekends, me and my sister would go and decorate and plan. And we just did it for fun for a few years. But then that turned into, and this was all before social media, you guys, like this was 20 or two decades ago. <laughs> and so by word of mouth, people started saying, I'm not Catholic and I'm not getting married at your church, but can you come here? which that conversation with my uncle who owned the venue spiraled into, uh, you really need a business license. You need insurance and you, you need to start running a business and like paying taxes. I did not know what the hell I was doing. 
I ended up joining a free program called SCORE that helped me understand, put a business model together. And it was not fun. Like I didn't enjoy that part. But what that turned into over time is I'm not getting married in Nashville. I'm getting married in another state or another country or on a private island. And so I started to do destination weddings, which 10 years into living a double life, I had to choose because I started to get opportunities to be able to travel with weddings and also events and number one parties because I live in Nashville. We work with a lot of people in entertainment and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I ended up with 12 employees on the wedding and events business, but I was still working in healthcare. So I had to have this heart to heart of like, okay, I have to give up something. And that was in 2009 when I went full steam ahead of just focusing on understanding how to be a business owner and an entrepreneur, which I joined a group called EO, Entrepreneur Organization, thank God, because without SCORE and without my networking groups and without EO, I would not be where I am today because that helped me put a framework around how to be a business leader, how to remove the emotions out of it, how to know my numbers. And that really changed my life in 2010 and 2011. So it really has been a journey. That's great. Let's stop right there and talk about EO. What did you learn from EO? Because many people have participated in that program. And I think let's share the wealth. Like what was that was so different from SCORE, for instance. So why don't you talk about the difference between those two and why you were so attracted to EO, right? So for me with SCORE, it was just me and the mentor that I was assigned to. And most of the mentors in SCORE, they are retired. They're very successful in whatever they were doing. And it's simply a one-on-one -on -one program. For example, my mentor, his name was Charlie Redman. He was 83 years old at the time. He's in heaven now. Um, but he owned a bunch of nursing homes. He didn't know anything about the wedding industry or the events industry, but I was so young back then. I didn't understand that it doesn't matter what industry you're in. The foundation of being a business owner and a leader, it's the same across the board. And so a friend of mine who would not shut up about EO, he's like, and you're going to have a heart attack before you're 40. If you don't like learn how to block your time and you learn what you're worth and you're not charging appropriately. And he just, he was one of my best friends. He knew that I didn't know these things and he would not shut up about it. I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time. He's like, I know you think you don't have time, but this time that you spend with this group once a month with your forum group, usually there's eight to 10 people in a group and we all own a business. You have to have a million in sales and you have to have a referral. So, you know, their whole foundation is you have to be willing to share. You have to be willing to share your failures and just be real with people because let's get real here. Every entrepreneur has challenges and this shit's not easy. And if it were, everyone would do it. And so it's a peer-to-peer -peer group where we all share our experiences. It's all based on gestalt, meaning we're not there to give advice and we're not there to fix each other's problems. We are simply there to share experiences and there's a framework for members in the entrepreneur, entrepreneur organization where we are held accountable each month to meet with our members. We have a whole worksheet that we have to fill out. So yeah. it's it also acts like as an advisory board to keep making sure that you're being pushed forward with your goals. Let's go back to something that you talked about. You said, I don't have time. And this leads yep. to the productivity stuff. Totally. But, but this concept of, I don't have time. What's your take on that? Uh, obviously you were in the story back then and you created the time, but, but tell me now what your perspective is on when you hear someone say, I don't have time. Yeah. And I hear it all the time, but there, there's two things with time. Are you busy doing the things you want to do and you should be doing to grow your business? Or are you busy doing the wrong things? And so that's where EO taught me to put pre-qualifications in place. In fact, we went from doing 250 plus events a year 
to me not making a profit that year. And that year I hired my, uh, my first accountant and a business manager. So let's pause right there. I think this is really important for people. She was making over a million dollars in sales. She was doing 250 events a year. That's a ton of friggin' events. Okay. And she wasn't making any profit. Not a penny. This is not okay. And it happens at all levels. It happens at when people are making 30K. It happens when people are making 100K. It happens when people are making 300K, a million. It can go on and on. I mean, it, it's, it's profitability is a really important factor to look at. So do you think that was because you weren't looking at your numbers at that time? Oh my God, 100%. I never... First off, I, I never, let's just back up when, when it came to charging for planning. And, and when I started this first business, designing was not a thing. Pinterest was not a thing. I started to do what everybody else did and what everybody else was in town. It's like, oh, everybody has three packages and this is, you know, you can get a $3,000 package or a $6,000 package or $10,000 package. I just did what everybody else did. No one ever taught me or challenged me to sit down and say, what's your overhead? How many people, how many hours does this take? And, and what do you need to be making to pay your bills and support yourself? Because I'm not married. I don't have kids. So it's me. And then I was paying a bunch of people. And so that was the changing point for me when I sat in that office at the end of a year where my accountant said, you did 34 weddings for free. Actually, you paid people to do them. And then I look at the client list. I'm like, and those were the people that were the biggest pain in the ass and they weren't appreciative at all. And that's when I knew I had to do something different. And it was either go back to healthcare or figure this out. And so I worked with a business mentor who sat me down and taught me, okay, let's look at the numbers. I don't care what anybody else is doing you grew up with this. You have so much experience. You do it differently because everything you do is in the cloud. And I, I learned that from EMR, Electronical Medical Records. And he's like, your systems and your processes and how you work in the cloud with clients all over the world is not normal. He's like, this is incredible. And it has value that you weren't yes. seeing. I think this is a big thing, Angela, because a lot of people that I work with, they're, they're, they go gangbusters. They're ambitious. They're driven. They're smart. They have incredible work ethic. They have great, uh, innovations and, and they're providing extraordinary value, but they're not seeing it on the level that your mentor showed you, which was that, that tactical outer game level, but they're also not seeing it from that inner game place of self-worth, right? Yep. And I thought, and I never actually looked at my bank account, which this is the bad thing for me. Like I was never like the struggling single mom or anything. Like I got paid really well and I taught gymnastics. Like the money was there until that year that I stepped out. And then the bank account started to go down and I'm like, Oh shit, I got to pay a lot of people. So it, it was almost like a perfect storm at once because what, what we did is we spent the whole day looking at everything, getting all, getting everything out of my head. And then this is what we ended up doing. He said, okay, so you need to go full service. You're not taking anything under 20K for planning. You're going to do 20% of design. If people only want planning and not design, your answer is no, because people don't get the same. Let's outcome. stop right there. Cause this is a big thing for people. Like when I coach people on like, this is, this is what you're available for. This is what you're not available for this. And some of it is, uh, like you said, the, the ones that were the most pain in the ass took up the most profit. Part yep. of it is like, I don't work with this type of person, but some of it is structural, right? I don't do, this is not the work that I do. I don't do things like this. So when I coach people on this, there's an instant reaction often, but, 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 but I'm going to lose my clients. I'm going to lose that income. It's not going to come. So can you speak to, cause I know there's another, the, the other side to this for you. Yep. Can you yep. speak to what your reaction was not with 2020 hindsight, but like your reaction in the moment was to that, if that was challenging for you and if you then 
what you saw as a result of actually making that decision and committing to it? It was the hardest thing right? ever. It was so difficult. But, but a few things that I did is I, well, first off, it took me almost two years to get out of the rat race because we would book people, people would book our services 12 to 15, 18 months out. So I had to finish up a bunch of other things that we had already booked at my old pricing, which was really unfortunate. So the, a few th- key things that I did is I hired like people say a bulldog. So I didn't do anything with pricing. So I hired someone to do all the pre-qualifications. We totally changed our intake form. We completely updated our website. So people would know as they were coming in that we, we do full service, we do design and we do planning. And that helped my team better vet people. And then they would get on a 30 minute complimentary call to make sure that they were a good fit. Once they were a good fit, then I would get involved. I couldn't be involved because I would say yes to everybody or I would feel sorry for them. And so that was a real strategy for you around boundaries. You understood your weak point that this was not, this was something that you, you had a challenge with. So you hired people who could handle that for you. A hundred percent. And I don't, the thing with me and my personality, I'm not doing all of this because of money. Like I truly loved to do events. And when people would walk into an event, they would experience something that they had never experienced around any event because I base everything around psychology and the makeup of the couple or the brand that we're working with. And so as soon as I completely took myself out of that and I just focused on really the design because I have team members that do the planning who love all of that and they love the budget stuff. As soon as I started to separate those services, the outcome was, and again, it took us two years, but we went to 30 full service events and we were profitable for the first year ever. Yeah. Fantastic. So the outcome, but again, I had to learn to time block. I had to come up with a strategy. Huge. I had to potty train my clients. (laughs) I call it potty train your brain. And so a lot of change, but it's really potty training yourself, right? A 100%. It starts with you. Yeah. And when we did change everything, instead of doing packages and people say, well, how do you charge? I'm like, well, we do 20 hour time blocks. And they're like, so it's kind of like an attorney where it's like an hourly thing. And I'm like, we're not attorneys, but if you want to look at it that way, but what that taught me is the lawyer industry has done a phenomenal job really educating the public on why they're going to pay $450 an hour. Mm -hmm. But the wedding industry is so hobbyist inundated with a bunch of people having fun that when you actually try to run a business, it it was really difficult. So my closing rate usually was a hundred percent. You met with me, I closed you. Mm -hmm. Well, when we, we got a new contract, we restructured everything. The first four people literally who they don't even know each each other, they all said to me, you charge like an attorney. And, you know, in my head, I felt pressure because I'm like, if I don't bring in, so then I knew how much I needed to bring in every month. So I wasn't losing money. So let's pause there. So how did you move through that? Because most people, so there's, there's a few things here that I want to, to pull apart. So most of the time it makes much more sense to charge as packages, but what I see in the wedding industry is you have someone who's a very needy client and they're taking up all your time and, and you can't, you can't charge enough, right? You can't say it's a hundred K or 300 K or 500 K or whatever it is to account for what someone is going to, uh, do you love how I just gave you a pay raise there? Um, (laughs) um, you know, account for what, someone's going to need and some people are going to need a lot less. And I, and I, and I see that as a, as a issue in that industry for sure. How did you handle psychologically adjusting so that you could really hold your new pricing structure? It actually did the opposite of what I thought it was going to do because I thought, and I kept telling my mentor, I'm like, you don't understand. I have to be available for these girls. Like, and, and it all went back to a personal need that I wanted to feel good about myself to be needed. And Absolutely. that's not what a real business owner is needs, right? So I needed to go get that need from somewhere else. And I was also, I was married at the time. The guy was in the military and he was gone. So I wasn't getting any 
type of reaction from like being married. So, you know, that marriage didn't work out, which is fine, <laughs> but we, we both had very different paths and neither of us were willing to compromise or give up. And I'm like, well, this just isn't going to work. It was like the easiest divorce ever, mm-hmm. but I had to learn that it's, it's, it is about my time. And if I allowed the calls and the texts 24 seven, then my clients weren't going to hire me if I wasn't like that. And now it's the complete opposite where people, they actually plan before their meeting. They come prepared. They know I'm not going to randomly answer my phone or my, the text messages because I am, when I'm with you, I'm with 100% focused on you. And yeah. I want to be prepared. So if, I mean, if there's a, an emergency or whatever, obviously that's why I have a team member there. Typically 99% of the time she can talk you through it or work you through it. But this is, this is all about boundaries, Angela. Yes, right? totally. And, and it's, and it's very hard to set those kind, kind of boundaries. If you have a self image that says I have to, uh, the, my self-worth comes from being needed. And the more you need me, the more I feel worthy of me. So please text me all the time. Right. And, you know, people don't see it that way. They, they, they see it as, well, this is industry standard and this is just how event planning is, but that's not true. Mm-mm, not at that's all. Not, not in our world. So let's, sh- let's transition here. So are you still running that business in addition to your productivity business? So it's funny because in 2010, our town flooded completely. So a lot of our venues and warehouses, everything floated away. And that was the year that my vendors finally listened to me about putting everything in the cloud. And I always kept talking to them about it, but it was still so new And when they lost everything, then they started to come to me and they're like, okay, Ange, what's this cloud thing? And I just started to host free classes on the weekends to teach people how to work all their Mac products and how to get things in the cloud and how to set up processes and how to share documents. And by the way, it reduced our email 300 emails per day back then because we tracked it for a year. And then I started to just do these things for free. And then people started to ask me to come speak on it. And so my business manager was like, no, 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 no. And this went on for a a good two years. It's like a theme with me, right? Because I love doing it. And the, the outcome of having a business owner come back to me and be like, oh my God, this changed my life. Or, oh my gosh, my office burnt down. And if I had not taken your class a week ago, I would have lost everything. And so those types of outcomes for me are even more rewarding than doing a one-off event. And so we started the productivity company because of that. So yes, I was running, you know, two companies and really we had a five-year phase out plan for me in the events world because I got into doing productivity. I did a podcast. I started writing books. I started speaking. We got into sales funnels and this whole other world that's out there that I didn't know existed. (laughs) And And you were able to do that. Let's just call this out. You were able to do that because you were so productive in this other business that you could actively engage in what some people would call a passion project. And yet really it's part of your purpose. Like if you, if you look back and you follow the breadcrumbs, you know, the, the trail that's there, that, that is the common piece to this, correct? Yeah. And I love, again, I love the whole passion, but what started to happen about five years ago was that my passion was being driven more by the productivity business and not the events business. And so I had a large team. I still have a great team, but also what we started to notice as I started to phase out of the events business, because again, we had a five-year plan. It was 30, 20, 10, you know, five. And then just in this, the year of COVID 2020, depending on when you're listening to this was my fifth year to retire out. So for us, it was kind of a perfect storm because we already have the productivity company up and going. We still do a few events. However, we, we, we serve the luxury market and their expectation, if it's under my company brand is for me to be there. 
and I'm not able to be there a lot. So we don't take on as many events anymore. And then after the whole COVID thing hit and we were able to learn how to build digital events on 3D platforms with Oculus and VR. Um, I don't know if I'll ever really go back to doing too many in-person things. And now for people in for luxury weddings, I'm much more of a consultant and a coach to businesses that actually want to be profitable, that don't want it to be a hobby. Yeah. So we have transitioned out of actually doing them and planning them, but I'm still very involved in the hospitality industry. I'm curious why you decided not to sell that business like at its height, finding yeah. another woman that you could train or man that you could train that was, could be the, the brand, if you will. Unfortunately, what we learned, because I was, I'm such a relationships person, and, e and we even tried this the last two years to put my team members more forward facing than, and, and my face not be there, because I had built a personal brand up under a company brand because when I started this again I didn't have a strategist I didn't have a, a mentor like I didn't know what I was doing and you right? thought you were gonna do it forever right? <laughs> right so of course make it your brand right right and when I got into EO I realized like they teach you how to scale and how to sell and I'm like well shit I better do something different because I've built this monster where I'm needed and I don't want to be needed that much anymore. Yeah. And, and so it, it really forced me to take a step back and realize like, if I don't work, if I don't book events, if I'm not working 20 hour days on a Saturday, I'm not getting paid. And when I learned about affiliate marketing and sales funnels and automation and email marketing and all the digital marketing stuff that we do now for the productivity company, I saw so much more opportunity there for long-term growth and reoccurring revenue. And there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, for my future, I knew that I would be better off if I was able to build something up under my personal brand and have affiliates. And, and let's be honest too, like when, when we were, would do a wedding, our weddings are productions. They are literally like a mini show that you would see in Vegas or something. Yeah. And it, it, they would be 20, 25 hour days. And then the next two days, I feel like I've been hit by a train and I can't get out of bed. So what I'm hearing here is that this was a lifestyle choice as well. 100%. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't, it's not healthy. And, and I love Pinterest and it created a lot of clarity for some of our clients, but the expectation and the money, and when you get into the luxury market and money's not an object at all for people, some of the things and their expectations are just not a reality as, as, as people. Yeah. And so, you know, I started to lose the passion for it a little bit. And, you know, we're, we love our clients, but we're not for everybody. And yeah. I definitely don't love working with everybody. So going more on the productivity side, again, I'm always looking at the long-term effect. What is my purpose? My purpose is to help people, business owners and busy entrepreneurs shut out the distractions and the noise and be the most productive they can be. So when they are working on their business, not in it, but on it, and they're hiring people, they can actually be present in everyday life so that they're not running around with the like a chicken. I yeah. was running around like a chicken with my head cut off for 10 years and if I had not surrounded myself with the right people, I would probably be dead. Like I'm not even being funny. I would have stroked out. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a shame because right? you got a lot of, you've got a, a huge wealth of knowledge and you, you have abundant passion to share and bringing a lot of good stuff to the world. So, okay. So let's, let's, let's shift from there and talk about some of the productivity things that have really helped you. So why don't you, why don't you share one or two things that could really help our audience right now? Yeah. Just be like, oh my God, I'm going to implement that immediately. Well, I would say even the first thing is you've got to set up processes for yourself that you're actually going to do and then start hiring team members or contractors you cannot do this alone. And so we set up an internship program with a couple colleges around and I started to, to teach interns, which then 
some of those people stayed and they ended up becoming my team members. And so I, I learned to delegate. Were they paid interns or? No. So I'm in Tennessee. And so some of the schools, their deal is, you know, they, they get school credit, so you can't pay them. But honestly, after we did it that way, more people who weren't in college, they wanted to learn the industry. And so we actually started to charge people because it was taking so much of my time to teach these people the business side of things. And again, I loved it. And it's funny because some of the girls that would come in, they're like, my goal is to have what you have. I want to have my own business. I want to do this and this and this and this. But then after eight weeks of shadowing and learning, they're like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Like, can I just stay on with you (laughs) because it's what people don't realize is when you're running a business, if you, if you're not at the point to where you can outsource everything that you don't want to do, or you're not good at running the business, like to me, that is not a fun thing at all, but you've got to be able to do it. And so if I didn't know my numbers and if I didn't have the people surrounding me that I could outsource to my time is not spent where it needs to be spent, which is growing the business. Let's go back to that for a second. Are you a hundred percent that you don't love running your business? I hate running my business. Really? <laughs> Tell me more about that. Cause I love, I love running my business there. There's, and I think just sharing my personal story that one of the things that got me through that initial hump, what, you know, it, it, there's like, it's slow going in the beginning. You're like, really you're pushing the boulder up the hill in the beginning. Okay. The first few years is it's like, it's effort, it's hard work. It's, and it's, I still put in the effort and the the work, but it's less of a struggle now. But I, I just unconsciously decided to love what I was doing. Okay. I'm going to learn MailChimp. I'm going to learn this. I'm, I'm going to dig in. And it was not that there was never a frustration there, but I think that's one of the ways that I actually really got through that initial hurdle when I didn't have the money that I needed to just outsource everything. I did start leveraging that very early on, but uh, you know, as soon as I could like breathe an extra $20, I hired an admin to help me, um, with, with this kind of, um, stuff. But I really, I, I, I just decided I was going to love it all. And some of it like, was hard, right? I remember when I was spending four days writing one newsletter, that was hard. And I love to write, but I was also a perfectionist and it didn't, those two things challenging. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason you love it, which this is great, because I was going to mention like the next productivity tool that we use is a psychology methodology. Mm -hmm. And so we use, and there's an Enneagram, there's culture index, there's so many different ones. We use true colors because when I worked in the mental hospital, we did all these assessments on our patients who were just suffered a tragedy typically in the unit I worked in. And the only psychology assessment where they would actually open up to me was true colors. So it's like with pictures and colors and you were actually on my podcast. And so you did true colors. So I know your numbers, but basically there's four types of colors. There's gold, green, blue, and orange. And you have a, instead of strengths and weaknesses, they call it a bright color and a pale color. And so the reason that you love running a business is because your brightest color is green. My brightest color is orange. And my, I would say like one of my palest colors is gold green. And so, and and I'll let you guys know the difference high level oranges. We have to be doing something different every day. We cannot go clock in nine to five. These are a lot of entrepreneurs. We love variety. We love change. We love flexibility. We're, if we're not surrounded by the right people, we're the people that are just like, oh my God, this is a good idea. And it's like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel and every shiny penny. And we can't focus because, and we can't ever finish a project. We're great at starting them, but we don't test it. We don't slow down. We don't survey our Wait audience. a second. Let's pause there. Okay. Because I am so like that also. Like I don't survey my audience. I'm like, ah, I got this gut feeling. Let's go. Right. I don't test things. Well, that's not true. I'm constantly like if I go to a page, I'm like clicking all the buttons to see if they work. But yep. like, I don't, I don't test in a methodical, um, nuts to bolts. Is that the expression? Yeah. Way? <laughs> yeah. So I have a lot of that, but the thing that really made me pause there is you're the productivity structures person. Like that seems like totally I'm potty trained. 
So I'm a potty train orange. Yeah. I didn't know before I, I was very groomed from different mentors. And it's funny because you have to think about, we know how to run a business, right? But you have to think about when are you happiest? Mm-hmm. When are you thriving at the top of your game? And so for me, I'm thriving at the top of my game, when I'm around people, I get my drive and my passion. When I'm with a bunch of orange entrepreneurs and it's like, we have 10 conversations going on at once. Now, is that really productive? Probably not, but that's my happiest moment. But to get shit done and to be productivity expert, you have, I have to be gold. I have to be green sometimes. I ha- and, and, and the differences, the blues, the blues are driven by emotion. And I, my sec, everyone has all four colors. There's so wait, like wait, little- wait, wait, just back up here. No, you're going down the, the rabbit hole here. I want to go back to you. So yeah. you are like scatterbrained. Okay. You're like shiny object woman, like most entrepreneurs. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. But so talk about how you took all the ideas you had and you were able to, given that that's part of your makeup, I have that too. Given that, how did you focus down, focus in and create a toolkit for people around productivity? Because it seems like you would not be very productive around that. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and again, for me, because I am around so many oranges, makes it all the more needed for oranges to understand how to be productive and what systems and processes to put in place to leverage your team members. And so the very first thing from productivity is to hire your team members that are different colors than you that are not like you. And so how I learned all of this was through mentors and coaching and really taking that psychology methodology and putting it into practice. So, and I'll give you an example. So I used to not do anything based on analytics data. I didn't look at my numbers. I didn't run reports. I didn't understand. And then I I hired a green. So everybody on my team, they've all interned with me. So pause right there. So I love numbers. Like I, I have, I hate them. I I have this whole hashtag make make love to the numbers, right? That's why you're green. (laughs) Okay. But I don't actually love pulling the numbers. Okay. Like I'll do it. Like when I was in it, when it was my job in my business, but I fired myself up. But like when it was my job in my business, I was like, okay, we got to learn these things. And then there are things in my business when, where I haven't delegated tracking to someone else and it's not getting done anymore. Truth and transparency, right? Because, you know, I love having the team meeting on the Facebook ads and the social media stats and the podcast stats. And I love that we, we are tracking them and I've given that as a directive so that we can then analyze what the numbers are saying and be able to make good decisions from it. I don't actually love pulling the numbers per se. So would you say you're in the same camp there or, or you don't even like the analysis? No, like I, well, and again, this is the old me where I, there, I didn't, I just knew there was always money in the bank. If I worked there, there was money in the bank. I didn't realize the payoff and the outcome. Once I started to understand it all, I love getting my weekly reports, but I don't even look at them. Like I have my team members. So my green team member who does pull all the analytics, all the dashboards, she gives me, they, they make a loom video and send it to me and say, here's what you need to know. Here's the content that you need to be focusing on for the next 30 days. We're going to tweak a few things on on our Facebook ads, but like, I just trust them to do it because the data speaks for itself. We're the old me, like I, I hate numbers period the end. And so for me, hiring a green who loves numbers and loves looking into the data and dissecting it to make better decisions, I rely on the data, but I also rely on my green team members to come back to me and say, this is what the data is saying. We need to take more, like one thing that I'm still just mind blown, which I get it from a connection perspective is that ads perform better when my face is in the flipping picture. I, I am not from the selfie generation. So 
I had to learn though, because when the data showed, hey, you sell 72% more when your face is in the image. And I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'm going to have to be in <laughs> images if we're going to sell. So the data doesn't lie. So I love that portion of it. So it's not like what I think, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the images that we used to use, um, I would pick out things that were designs that not only did I love the design, but I love the client. And I was emotionally attached to some of our marketing images where when I hired a green, she came in and challenged me. And a lot of people, you know, when you're the owner of the company, people aren't going to say, oh, we probably shouldn't do that. Or, and a lot of greens, they're not like that. They will step up and, and ask you questions and say, well, why do you want to do it that way? What, where's the data? How can we back that up? So it forced me to take a step back and let the data make the decisions. The other thing with a gold, a high gold, is that what's driven with golds is they like to be accountable. They like to be in control. They just know how to get shit done. <laughs> and so when I hired a high gold to do our communications, all of our emails, our calendars, um, overseeing project management for the podcast. And so that I didn't have to do that stuff because I don't enjoy standing over people and making sure they're doing their job. I'm really good at making a list. I suck at doing the list. So let's, let's, that's funny. <laughs> I'm really good at making a list. I suck at doing a list. Yes. Oh, that's great. So let's talk about your hiring practices, because I think that's a really key thing for uh, women, men in business, all of us, like you cannot scale. If you have the DIY mentality, you have to have personal responsibility. You have to have the buck stops with me. This is my business. I own it. I'm going to do what it takes to, for it to scale, but you can't scale alone. You can't do it by yourself. So talk to me about some of your best practices around hiring. Yeah. So with, well, in having an internship program was the best thing that my business manager ever helped me put together because it's almost like dating, right? It's like, and, and I didn't realize, I was like, oh, I can teach anybody anything. Bullshit. That's not true. Your brain is, you're born a certain way and your environment can change based on the way that your brain is wired. You're, we're not going to change how your brain is wired. And so not that you can't, do some of these things, but are you happy? Are you motivated to do these things? Right. And so everybody that I would interview, we, they would go through the true colors makeup and we would make sure that their brain is wired specifically for what I needed. So for example, in the events world, I'm orange. I want to, I don't want to book myself on a Saturday. I want to walk around. I want to make sure the design looks amazing. I want to be able to have extra pillows and fluff and, and make the shit just look magazine. Perfect. I didn't want to worry about the people. I didn't want to worry about all the operation stuff. And I definitely didn't want to manage a freaking timeline, which is what most planners do. So I had and a goal. And it's what you did initially for you. Right. And that I was not happy. But you had some natural inclination to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so to, wait, yeah. talk to me about that because I, I'm just going to, I'm going to challenge you because I'm a green. Okay. <laughs> That's what I do, but I'm going to challenge you on that. You, you started this business where you were wearing all the hats. Okay. And yep. you were, I mean, it wasn't profitable. I get that. That's a problem. Okay. But you were doing all these things that are not orange. They're gold to use your framework. Yep. Um, yep. And you were good at them. Because why? I have my own opinions on that, but like, I think I was good at it because that's, that it's kind of how I grew up. Like I grew up in that world of every summer helping and being around events. And my uncle would do the flowers and the cake. And I mean, they ended up having a one-stop shop, which to me was like the most boring thing in the world. I'm like, I'm not going to go work at the same venue for the rest of my life. Like I wanted to work at a lot of different venues and different states and countries and islands and because I'm orange. And it's and so I learned also too that when you're running an event and you're planning things like it's like a domino effect. And so I knew the processes and the steps that had to happen mm -hmm. and I most importantly knew the communication styles 
and the way that I needed to communicate to each color. And that's how I grew such great relationships with my vendors. And so for me, the whole foundation of running the events and then building a company on it was understanding communication. And so what helped me understand was true colors and was a psychology degree and was working in a mental hospital. So all of that is super insightful. But as soon as I started to surround myself with the right people who could help me grow, I started to hire people based off of their true colors. And then I would start to put a team together to execute on a, a big event day or a big wedding day based on their strengths. Yeah. Now I, I, I ha- I'm going to go back to that original question. Like why were you able to be so good at something that wasn't part of your psychological makeup? And I think I'm going to throw this out to you for your opinion on it. Okay. Yeah. I think that it's because you wanted it badly enough. You wanted the mm-hmm. outcome badly enough that you were willing to do the stuff that wasn't fun. I'm putting that in air quotes for, for you to do. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's a, okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause if, if you look at Virgin's model, if you look at Richard Branson's model, yeah. when you go to Necker Island, which I've been, his brand controls 100% of your experience. And I loved the outcome of that perfect experience. If someone's investing a million plus dollars in a wedding, it better damn near be perfect. And if I wasn't in control, then it couldn't be perfect because different vendors would come into the makeup and they wouldn't be on the same page of using psychology, having the whole, I mean, we've been saying GSD for many, many, many years where it's like, we got to get shit done so that we can go have fun. It is all about fun because I'm orange, but at the core of it, you have to have all four colors to make a company go round and you have to have all the strengths and weaknesses. And as the business owner, you have to be able to take a step back and really appreciate the value that the other team members and the other vendors and the other businesses are bringing to the table so that you can act as one big goal, like together. So when you go to Necker, his car picks you up. They take you to the private aircraft that you get on a Virgin airplane. You are served by the Virgin staff trained attendants, flight attendants. You get off the plane into his car They take you to a ferry, a a little boat ferry, his staff that's Virgin brand trained, you get on the ferry, you get to Necker Island, and then it's the same way going back. So when you control the experience, and I'm not a control freak, I really Really? am not. However, (laughs) here's the thing, I am, I am totally a control freak. I don't want to always be in control. I really don't, but somebody- Well, you need the systems in the process. Sucks, yeah, right. Somebody you you want the outcome. So yes. let's you're go back. so right. Okay. You want the outcome. So you're, you're willing to do the work and then you're 100%. willing to hire people who will execute on your vision. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You so hit it on the head. Yep. And, and I think that's what it was for me in the beginning with my business. And I still do stuff, you know, there is stuff in my business, you know, ever, ever firing myself up, ever improving, ever realizing that I need to delegate, right. There's all always, as you grow, there's the next level and, and there's always, you know, tension in the growth. So there will always be things that I'm like, that is not my favorite thing to do. And, but you'll do it, but I'll do it. Uh-huh. And, and when I feel the resistance, I also know that that's a place of growth for me. And I have to look at why that might be and do the inner work on shifting that so that I'm not in struggle over it. It's just a thing that gets done. And then, yep. and then it's like, okay, and when do we hire and what would be the strategy for that? And, and you know, then it becomes a, a problem to be solved or a challenge to, to work through, not a monkey on my back or the world is against me. But even when you hire the people, if you don't have internal processes set up, what's so funny to me is over the past few years, and if I hear one more person say it, I'm just going to scream. They're like, oh, I'll just hire a millennial to do my social media. And like, they can go make money with, with, with playing on their phone. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand millennials, which now there's a whole nother generation behind them with social media. They know, they know how to play and socialize on their phone. And you're right. They're, they're good at it. 
but they still have to have a strategy. They still have to have a process. You still have to guide them based on how their brain is wired. And so even when you hire the people, the way their brain is wired for us, these systems internally were set up. We, we have to teach them. This is how we use the cloud. This is why we use Dropbox. This is why we use Google drive. This is why we share things with clients. This is why we do all of these things because I had those case studies to back it up of saying, well, this reduced our email by this. And this yeah. is, and the greens love it because I'm like, this is why we do this. And this is why we do this. The blues, I have to reframe a little bit differently and say, we do this because it makes people feel as though they have a security blanket. So if a fire or a flood happens, which I've been through both, then they know that all of their documentation and everything is completely backed up in the cloud. If your phone falls into the lake when you're skiing or somebody steals your purse and your phone is in there, it's okay. Everything is in the cloud. So, so let's talk about some of the, the ways that you actually help people with this. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, I know like, you're like, let me tell you everything. So I, how would people, how would someone who's like, I need this mm -hmm. find out more? Because I know you have something called the get shit done Academy, which I love the name of, by the way, it's like straight into the point, let's get the shit done. And, and talk me through what they would expect to learn in that. Yeah. Is it the hiring? Is it the, you've mentioned, you know, backing up your documents, what are, and can you go top level on this so that we yeah. just give people like a, a little overview? And then I know you have a, a special link for them also in case yeah. they're interested in finding out more. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. So again, it all comes back. The problem is distraction and the noise and, and it just, it's get the older I get, and the more experience I gain as an entrepreneur, the worse it becomes. The more successful you become, the more you have the energy vampires of like getting onto you and it can weigh you down if you don't have boundaries in place. And so the outcome is productivity and profitability. Like we call it the four P's, your people, your processes, which are paperless, your productivity, which is your technology, your software, your platforms, what's going to be best for your business. And then last but not least is profitability. And so in GSD Academy, very high level, we first go through and it's an, it's an online course. It's eight weeks. We drip it and we do that for a reason. So people can actually have the week to time block the time on their calendar to actually work on their business, not in it. And so I would say if people can block out about four hours a week to really work on their business. And the first thing is vision. You have to know where you're going. You don't buy a plane ticket and get on a plane and land wherever you think you're go going. So we have to dig out the, the vision of what people want. Then we go through the whole foundations of how we build GSD, how to get shit done, which is all about paperless and being foundational. And it's not that you have to use our process, but it gets you to think differently. So you're in a different mindset. Then we look at internal processes with your team hiring. We do external processes. So how are you going to manage your clients using some type of a psychology methodology? And then we talk about content and we don't teach social media or anything like that, but we talk about wash, rinse, repeat to GSD to educate your clients and your team members on content management, how to manage that. And then we go in a little bit into branding. So a lot of people just think that because they have a cute website that consumers are automatically going to know what their brand does. And so teaching people how to do an audit of that and how to do it in a productive manner. And then we go into team management all about most of the people that do this, they either want to have a team or they already have a team in place, but they don't know how to position the people. And so we go through that. And then the eighth module is all about moving forward and managing your business to make sure that you're profitable and you're going to scale. So there's eight different modules. So that's the reason we drip it out over eight weeks. And then after that, we have some people come back and say, okay, now I just need help with accountability because now I've, I've got all the framework, but, and that's where we have a small mastermind group of people that still have questions. And those are the real serious people who want to be able to walk away from their business and it run. I mean, could you really go on vacation for six weeks, not touch a thing 
and be present in your vacation with, with your family your, your your significant other. If you ask business owners or entrepreneurs that, I don't know too many people that can say, yeah, I'd, I'd be cool. So that's the goal is to be able to walk away from your business, have the people and the systems and the automation in place. It doesn't happen overnight, people. It, it has taken me about three years to really get there. And that's when I started to toy around with doing online classes and really teaching people because I saw the need in the community of entrepreneurship just by traveling and meeting all these people and listening to their frustrations. I'm like, you know, there is a better way. <laughs> so that's when I really got serious with, with courses. That's fantastic. So would you say that your uh, ideal client for this program for the Get Shit Done Productivity program is someone who's new to business, is someone who has a $3 million business? Like who is, who is the person who would thrive in this program? The perfect person that would thrive is someone that has been in business, I would say three to five years, and they know that they're onto something good, but they know that they need to make a shift which typically is a mindset shift. And they know that they need to relinquish some control, but they're scared. And so this helps people be a little bit more of a risk taker by putting processes in place based on psychology. So it gets you more comfortable with like how to grow your team. Typically, it doesn't really have anything to do with revenue because we've had, and, and, and most mostly it's women, okay? Like, let's be honest because I resonate with women because I've been there and you bring in what you are, you attract what you put out. And so most of them, we've had people go through it that have 10 million in revenue, but they don't realize that they're not making a profit, but they, a lot of them, they're moms, they have kids, they're very busy and they know that there's so much noise and distraction that if they could just make their business run more productively, that they would be able to be present and they wouldn't feel tired and fatigued all the time. Yeah. So it's really somebody that they are ready for a change and they're ready to do something different for a different result and a different outcome. Fantastic. I love it. And where do people find this? We, yeah. we put together a special link, Truth and Transparency here. Uh, I was talking to Angela on her podcast and she told me about this program that she had. And I went and I looked at it and it looked fabulous. It has a great, there's a great website that takes you through everything. And she asked me if I wanted to be an affiliate to her program. So affiliates, we promote someone's program and then we get a percentage of the sale. And so just pulling back the curtain, because I like to be totally transparent, uh, she has a special link for you guys that will give you 15% off the full price. And basically she could have given me a hundred percent of the affiliate link, but we just had a conversation and I was like, well, let's give people, let me give back to my community. If they want to do this program, they can have, instead of the full 30% commission that I get, they can have 15% of that back as a savings. So just as a, FYI, I'm totally transparent about this, but you have to use my link and that helps me out. It's a nice little win for me, but it's a win for you as well. And it's a win for Angela and you get to work with her, which is fabulous. Absolutely. And it's so awesome because not everybody does that. And I mean, affiliate marketing is big and, but I only like to partner with people when I, like when you were on my podcast, we mesh so well. And it's like, I, you just, you get that gut reaction. Like, okay, if you're awesome and you're doing something awesome for your community, like I would love to offer something special to your community. And you're awesome for doing that because not everybody does that. And so if you do use the link, the slash GSD for get shit done. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure you guys will put it in the show notes. The eight week program is 1997. And then obviously, like you said, you get 15% off and it's an eight week program. And I just want to reiterate that if you don't put the time in, you're not going to get the results that I've gotten from putting all this together. You really have to learn how to time block and we color code everything so that once a week I'm working on the business and I'm, I was taught how to plan ahead where before I would just say yes to everything. And some months we would have 
huge revenue come in. And then other months, like in the winter months, I would like live like a squirrel. But my business manager taught me how to spread that out and how to continue to get reoccurring revenue by teaching when I wasn't busy. And so that is the foundation of everything. You have to be able to put in the time and be disciplined enough to actually take the frameworks and implement them. So we're giving you everything I've learned in literally two decades in eight weeks, but you've got to put the time in and be committed to making a change. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. I think that's a big thing. I, I work with a lot of women who tell me that they have trouble. It's a challenge to create the space for themselves. There's a lot of distractions, whether it's kids or, you know, working, you know, their day job or, or their parents or something comes up, right. That they're pulled in a thousand and one different directions. And it could be working in their business, but just in a different way, right? There's, there's uh, reactivity versus strategic thinking. So that's a big thing. And, and from my perspective, that comes from, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but that comes from that place of the self-image that says, I'm only worthy if I'm behind. I'm only worthy if I'm in struggle. I'm only, and ask me how I know, right? If I'm raising my hand to, to that one, because that is, that was how I was brought up. That was how I knew that I was valuable was if I was constantly, you know, running upstream, kind of swimming upstream and doing lots. So, and it doesn't matter. Like one more thing that I want to point out, because I get this a lot from women, they would say, Oh, you're not married. You don't have kids. Like you don't understand And when social media started, I made it a decision to keep my private life private. And what people don't see, and once I started to actually talk about it more, is, and women started to relate more. Because when people would say that to me, I'm like, hmm, that's funny. You have no idea. My sister's sick. She has ALS. She's been in a wheelchair for going on year six. It's amazing that she's still alive, but she has four kids. So a lot of people think those kids are my kids because I'm constantly helping them. And my dad had cancer for five years. I take care of my mom. I, I put him through treatments that insurance didn't pay for. So there was a lot of family stuff that I never talked about because I did sell perfection. And I never wanted a client to think that I was distracted. But the moment that I started, and this, we probably started about three or four years ago, because I got so irritated of people saying, well, of course you can just run, you know, an eight figure business because you don't have kids or a husband. I'm like, that's a choice right now. I was in a toxic marriage. Yeah. And until the right person comes along, they're not going to steal my time from me. It's so huge, Angela. It's this whole idea of wanting it badly enough. Mm-hmm. And are you going to, I'm not saying that it's easy for, for the listeners out there. There are always, and each one of us, Angela has it, I have it. There are challenges that we have where we go into story as well. And we come up with the excuse and we come up with the alibi that's like, this is why I can't do X, Y, and Z. And yet, if you want to be truly unstoppable, you have to recognize what that story is and stop making excuses. It's, Amen. It's like, it, it, and it's, and you just have to be honest about it. I'm honest about this every single day. I just had a heart to heart with myself last night. And I'm like, freaking A, you are avoiding the shit out of that. Like, why are you doing that? It's been two weeks. This is, this is ridiculous. Get your ass in gear, girly. And I had... 11 slap down. But I, I then now, after having recognized that, have to then go back and, um, you know, do the inner work that's required for that. And, and one more thing, and then we're going to wrap. And I have to do that despite the challenges that come up in my life. Okay. Because sure, I don't have kids. Sure. I'm not married right now, but there are things going on. And the thing that I woke up to this morning was not one, but two of the eight people that we hired, right? That we have eight people on our team. Um, and we didn't hire them all this year, but, but, uh, many of them, we did two of my top people turned in their resignation today, this morning, fun, 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 right? Like, is it fun? It is though, okay? I know that sounds cray cray, but I love them. I want the best for them. I understand their choices. It's, does it, does it 
come at a quote unquote bad time, maybe I could look at it that way, or I could look at it like, okay, let's rip the bandaid off. Let's do this thing. Right. And, you know, let's find their true colors to use your methodology, right? Let's, yep. let's figure out how to, how to rock and roll with this. And so what was a spacious day became a less spacious day, but that's why I set up my calendar such that I can allow for these kinds of things. Not that they happen that often. So the, the, the fact that I bring this up because that alibi that I saw last night, isn't it interesting that this happened this morning? It's not a coincidence. There's no coincidences. It's there to say, are you going to be unstoppable or are you not? Are you going to keep going and, and solve for this? Or are you going to let this over here be a huge distraction? And we basically have a plan in place already. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to say that. Right. And, and that comes with a huge amount of internal work over the years to get to a very resilient place. And, and also know where my freedom comes from, which is, um, you know, we all need other people. We've been talking about hiring. Well, we all need amazing people to work on our teams, but that's not where our freedom comes from. It comes from our internal resilience and how we can show up. So, okay. I went off on a little tangent there, but I thought it was important to say that there's, there's always stories about why you can't yes. do things and you have to get past the stories. And if you're someone who is like, I need better productivity. I don't know how to set up systems for myself. I don't know how to put together a process or a plan for my business. I don't know how to protect myself against loss. If you're, if you're challenged by how to hire even, Angela has an amazing program and go check it out. It's at theunstoppablewoman.com slash GSD for get shit done. And you need a code to get the 15% off. We should have said that earlier. I forgot about that. The code yes. for the 15% off is the, uh, it's T-U-W for the unstoppable woman. So T-U-W for the unstoppable woman. And you'll when get- When you check out. When you check it. Yep. Okay. So you'll get that 15% off. And I think that's it. And just remember, if you are not being challenged, I don't see like, like what happened this morning. I see that as an opportunity totally. for growth. And if we're not challenged, like pre-COVID, we were just coasting. We were comfortable. We weren't really growing. We weren't really strategizing. We had a plan. But what 2020 did for us personally, is it challenged us to go beyond our comfort zone? And that's where the real growth happens yeah. in a business. I love it for sure. I feel that right. Doesn't it, and that doesn't mean that you want the challenges either, right? Like there's, there's this, uh, push pull around that, right? Like who wants your top two top team members to resign on the same day? No one wants that. No. And yet, like, if you change your perspective on it, law of relativity and you go, what's, what's the growth here? What, what, how am I going to step up? You're, you're in a really good place. So, okay. With that, thank you so much, Angela. Awesome interview. Thank you for being on the show and thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Great. Okay. That's a wrap. Ever feel like you're working really hard, but you're not exactly sure what's going to move the needle in your business? That can be so frustrating. If you want to meet high-performing women going for more in their lives and their businesses, and you want to understand how to really make an income breakthrough, I invite you to join us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit. Learn more and grab your ticket at theunstoppablewoman.com slash summit. I'd love to show you how you can make this happen for yourself faster than you ever thought possible.